0: Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. On this episode, Tracy and Shelly discuss comfort reads. What makes a book a comfort read in the first place? What are some of their favorite comfort reads? They'll discuss those questions and more, so stay tuned. Hey, Shelly. Hey, Tracy. We have been doing these shelf-absorbed videos on the Library Commission's YouTube channel as a way to continue our podcasting during the pandemic. And it occurred to us, now that we're back in our building, that we could actually do this safely with just super long, insanely long USB cords. So we are recording this podcast today in a giant room sitting 25 feet apart And it's kind of silly that I never thought of it
1: before. And it was kind of crazy. It's weird um, actually being in the same room talking about books again, even though that's what we used to do. Right. But we haven't done it for so long like this. And when we did it before, we
0: were sitting like six inches apart, yeah, like we crowded like around the same microphone. Right across the table from each other. Which is horrifying to think about the respiratory particles
1: I know that I was completely yeah. spraying you with. Yes, we were spitting all over each other. We really were. <laughs> but well, it's nice to actually see your face in real life, and be able to talk books with you and and Again. when we have been
0: talking like passing in the hall we always have masks on yeah so it's 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 a whole new world here maskless yeah. I see your distance. entire face yes so today we are going to talk about comfort reads the kinds or the genres or types or authors of books that we tend to go to for comfort Not necessarily a reread, and it could be a reread, but the kind of books that that are your your go-tos.
1: Just because the term or the theme for our podcast here is comfort reads, doesn't mean it necessarily falls under the stereotypical comfort. Because what's comfortable or what's a comfort read for one person is not necessarily a comfort read for the next person
0: absolutely there's probably someone who's like i love murder yes and not just like any kind of murder but like true crime and a lot of blood spatter and that makes them feel makes it feel like home
1: i don't know because they're for whatever reason yeah so i'm gonna i'll go ahead and start out with my first it's actually a comfort author and it's one that I've never talked about with you, is John Irving. Oh, I love John Irving. I adore John Irving. His books are, I feel like, designed to make you feel uncomfortable. Hmm. But to me, reading a John Irving book makes me feel safe. I will say this, though. I, I have not read all his books, and this is why. Okay, I believe he's written 15, 16 mm-hmm. books or so. I've only read like five. It's because I'm saving him. Because I love him so much. Does I, that make sense I, to you? It totally does. And
0: I I am not trying to ruin anything for you. But some John Irving books are not good. I believe that.
1: I've, I, 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 can, there, I can see that, There yeah. Some
0: are... And, and I used to say every other one, like he'd write an awesome one. And then yeah. the next one's like, nee. and then the next one's awesome yeah. again. The last one that I read and loved was a widow for one year.
1: <gasps> one of my favorites. Yes. And they made that horrible movie version and they called it a door in the floor yeah, no, because that was like one chapter of the book.
0: Yes. Yeah, some of them are great and some of them are not so great but the great ones are so great Uh uh-huh it's like a whole world you enter
1: it is and maybe that's the comfort uh, aspect maybe that is why i feel so i love that world because i'm so enamored and entranced and there's so much going on and there's usually so much plot and lots of characters have you ever read the fourth hand by him. No. Okay. That's probably one that people thought were, was probably not one of the best ones. Yeah. I think I own it and I, I did love not it. love it. Okay. I love it. And here's, it's weird. All his books are super quirky. And that's another thing I like. Quir- quirky and flawed characters. But so there's this man that is this world famous journalist and he loses his hand From a caged tiger in India he gets this really famous hand transplant it's like the first one ever but it's from this woman's husband who has passed away and then she wants to get visitation rights with the hand Mm. because it belonged to her dead husband I love that now look that sounds good so John Irving is my comfort read author who I'm saving because he doesn't write a lot of books. I think I read somewhere once that sometimes he'll spend 20 years researching and writing a book. Wow. I know. And he's not
0: getting any younger either. He's
1: not. And, you know, I'm not dogging the man, but, you know, I don't know how many... I think he, uh, I think he needs to step it up. He might need to step it up you or know, just say, chop this chop, is mister. this is it. I, lo- I love his books. I love him. So what do you have? Well...
0: The kinds of things that I want to read that bring me comfort, I like and I didn't realize that this was my comfort really until I found the one perfect book that encapsulates all of this stuff. So here's what I want in a comfort read. I want there to be a crumbly mansion. I want it to be set in England, preferably between the wars. I want the mansion to have upstairs-downstairs drama. I want there to be a lost manuscript, if possible, um, preferably hidden in some, you know, secret portion of the crumbly mansion, and some kind of mystery. And the mystery needs to have happened a long time ago, because a long-ago murder, it doesn't stress me out. So the the one book that um, really does all of ticks all of these boxes is called The Forgotten Garden by Kate Morton.
1: I believe you have recommended this book to me on several occasions. I, I think I recommend
0: it to people like at the grocery store and I I, love I still have not read it. It's about a foundling and uh, there's a book of fairy tales that has been lost over the years. It just does all the things that it's supposed to do um kate morton has some other books that are similar not all take place in a crumbly mansion but some do but the most recent one is called the clockmaker's daughter and i did not like it i showed that book my displeasure by slamming it shut <laughs> and saying
1: i can't believe this her books tend to be pretty long is but, that yes. correct? and
0: they're always like modern times olden times Mm. because you have to have a modern person trying to figure out the mystery because then they have to like creep into the house and find the thing and oh my god the drawer has been stuck for 70 years and then you find something in it so you have to have like the dual the dual narration of like modern times and then like the girl who's gets murdered or whatever
1: her perspective i'm so surprised i have not read her because all of that appeals to me
0: She's not the only one who writes books like this. Possession by A.S. Byatt is mm. sort of the literary fiction version. Um, it's a wonderful book and a horrible movie. I watched it. Gwyneth I, Faltrow? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and Gwyneth is not the worst part. The worst part is Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. Like, no one's going to buy that that guy is a nerdy scholar. No, he's no.
1: too hot. He is. No, Sorry. it's... it's
0: it's a good story, but then you can go, like, oh, no, no. This, mm-hmm. The casting.
1: Yeah. So, you know, me and my Crumbly Mansions, that's, that's where I want to go. When... I think a lot of people like Crumbly Mansion, but I mean, there's so many of them. There ha- there's obviously a portion of people who love that. The, I wonder the, lo- love those kinds of books. If it's
0: something about like the kinds of books I read as a kid, because mm-hmm. I, I like those kind of books then, um, but obviously,
1: No Murder. But or an or an ancient murder. Yes. yes.
0: Again, so like this this appeals to me like in TV shows. I don't like shows about modern murder. I like a murder from 100 years ago. Or I like a, a tidy murder, like in, you know, Agatha Christie thing. Oh, poison. Oh, so wonderful. There's no
1: splatter or anything. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just drop dead. So if you've been listening to any of our Shelf Absorbed, you know that I have a insanely toxic family (laughs) So So it would only make sense that something that makes me feel Comfy or right at home are books about dysfunctional toxic family dramas. Yeah one that I read recently that I really loved and hit a lot of the points that just make me feel right at home and maybe not so bad about my insane family (laughs) It's called A Good Family by A.H. Kim, and it is about an Asian-American family. What I loved about it is at the very beginning, it's either right after Christmas or right before Christmas, and you find out that Beth is a mother, and she's got two children, and they're a very wealthy family, and they're at this like fancy chateau. We're told as the reader that the next day, Beth is going to have to surrender herself to prison because they have this company and Beth has been managing the finances in an illegal manner so she has been discovered and she's going to surrender herself and spend some time in prison so you have that and then you have several members of the family and as you know Tracy another thing that I love about books is multiple perspectives yes so the book later like, yes so each chapter is told from a different person in the family and as you read the book it will do flashbacks on how it became known that beth was doing what she was doing in this illegal manner what i didn't know was that this book was also going to become a mystery because you don't know who was the person that turned beth in So I love all of that. Just love the toxic, dysfunctional family. I think a lot of people do because there's really no, I mean, there are some perfect families, but for the most part, no. And I think they all make us feel a little better about our own situation. Not so alone in the world. Yes. Families, you know, are toxic or dysfunctional in various different ways. So every family varies in their dysfunction it's a comfort to me to read about other families that are are messed up what's that book oh have you read the glass castle oh yes oh that made me feel great about myself i bet i, I
0: love that book but what i love about that book is that it this woman has like an insane childhood just terrible basically very unstable parents but she doesn't Tell it in a way that makes you feel sorry
1: for her. It's very matter she, of
0: fact. Yes, yeah, You it know, is. like,
1: oh, okay. Then we had to move in the middle of the night. Yeah, uh, and I also like that she becomes a quote unquote normal person and a you know member of society that's functioning pretty well. Oh, it, educated. Have you read oh, educated? Yeah, oh, Speaking yeah. Speaking of the like the yeah. most toxic. Yeah, I really like those. I can't totally relate mm-hmm. as a fully functioning normal human that you well, turned out to be i think i am yeah
0: most days i think i think you do pretty well thank you thank <laughs> you very much <laughs> my other type of book that i like to read um, for for comfort is a diary
1: ah. um, and these can
0: be real diaries or fake ones so I really got into these as a teenager. I did a lot of book buying at thrift stores, and two books that I bought that I absolutely love. One is called Be True to Your School by Bob Green. In 1964, he, for an English class, he had to keep a diary. It's January 1st through December 31st of 1964, and a lot of it is like just boring teenage stuff that happens. It's just a really, a really sweet read. At the thrift store, I also bought Go Ask Alice. Ah, Which yes. again, probably fake. It doesn't matter. It was still great. And in the same vein as Go Ask Alice, another thrift store book, it's called Dear Dee Dee. And it's, it's Ooh, by Anne Ann Schaefer, who is Dee Dee's mother. So her daughter was named Dory uh-huh. Schaefer. And she kept this diary, and she would say, she would write, Dear Deedee, whatever. She decided that's what her diary was called.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's that same, like, oh, here's the everyday, boring teenage stuff. And it makes you feel like, oh, everyone has always gone through the same crud. Because, I said, it's like Go Ask Alice. It's like the real life Go Ask Alice. Oh. Deedee falls in with the wrong crowd Uh and eats some drugs uh-huh. And she ends up dying, and now I can't remember if she kills herself or it's an overdose. Either way, it's a cautionary tale,
1: don't eat drugs. And you said this came out in the 70s? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Because, you know, there were all those books and movies in the 70s. Yes. All those cautionary tales, teenage runaway, teenage prostitute, those after-school specials were yes. all over the place. They,
0: yes, they they really were, but these... Go ask Alice. I think is a is a that was a brilliant
1: move. Like we found this diary. Yeah, we promise it's real. And when I was younger and I read it, I you know I totally thought it was. Real. I did
0: too, and totally. I mean I did wonder like okay, so you're super homeless and starving, but you kept your diary with you. <laughs> like
1: you found a pen, you managed to hold on to your diary. You See, I wouldn't, the sm- I wouldn't smart enough or analytical enough I, did, I was just like that's great oh yeah I, I, it, it took
0: several decades for me to say like
1: okay fine
0: the other diary that I've become not, not every day is that interesting but Margaret Walker who is a, a Mississippi author her Journals and diaries are at Jackson State where there's the Margaret Walker Center, mm-hmm. and they're all digitized So you can like just you know see what Margaret was up to in 1982 or whatever Around holidays the Margaret Walker Center will tweet. Here's some pages like here Here's what she planned for Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. See that's really
1: neat like that's- nine
0: different kinds of pies And she had like a chart of like okay I'll make this one and freeze it and I'll make this one the day before and whatever so if you're interested in that too it's you go to margaretwalker.jsums.edu and you can find her her journals and that's some great information there. there tracy you know i, I like uh, people's I, also the other thing about reading a diary especially in book form you burn through it those entries yeah. a lot of white space on yeah, those pages it a lot of white space. and you can makes just you like, feel
1: like very accomplished like, like Ooh.
0: Yeah. I just read this book in uh, 10 minutes. This yeah, is great. Definitely.
1: So I think as we've talked about today, like Tracy and I have different comforts that we go to And. In- I think it's okay to have your own you know types of books that you go to for comfort yeah
0: well whatever you like to read turning to a book is always a good idea if you are in need of some kind of comfort well thanks for talking to me about your comfort yeah, reads
1: today this was fun I'm, I'm, it's nice to see your face and yeah. be in the same room with you all right
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.